Welcome back to another week of Rising Giants. Today on the show, we have Tom Edwards. He is the co-founder and director of Mad Monkey Hostels. Tom left behind a life of investment banking in London and arrived in Cambodia in 2011. Soon after which, he met his co-founder spontaneously and jumped into entrepreneurship by setting up the first Mad Monkey Hostel in Phnom Penh in 2012. Since then, the company has seen impressive growth and opened 12 hostels all over the region. Laos, Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines, and Australia. Further to this, the company was able to secure 4.6 million in private equity investment in 2022. We hope you really enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you very much, Tom, for coming on Rising Giants today. Uh, we'd like to start just talking a little bit about um, your background, um, coming and launching businesses in uh, Southeast Asia, um, and just trying try to give us a little bit of a sense of how that all um, unfolded and how you ended up in the region. Thank you all. And thank you both for inviting me on. It's a, it's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, so my background, I grew up in, in England um, and at the age of 18, I went traveling and having you know, worked through my later years in school in my local pub and and then you know places like restaurants and and uh, packing nails in a factory to save money to go traveling when i was 18 and um, went away for the best part of a year and traveled around southeast asia so that was back in 2002 um, and you had a great time you know life-changing experiences and it really just uh, really triggered this this wanderlust and and made me acutely aware that there was a big wide world out there and, and bags of experience um, to, to pick up and to learn from. And I went back to the UK and studied business economics at, at university um, and graduated in, in Liverpool and then and then went on to to work in the financial industry, did a year with Baker Tilly. Um, but decided I didn't want to become an accountant and, and then moved over to Deutsche Bank, their private wealth arm. And I spent the uh, best part of four years there um, as a fund manager, managing uh, high net worth client funds um, on behalf of a, a team of relationship managers. And, and at the same time, pursued professional qualifications in, in, um, in securities and investments. And I, after you know, the uh, best part of four years, I'd, I'd completed those professional qualifications and and I, I had, you know, having worked full time and then studied many hours in the evening, I, I then had a bit more time for reflection. And at that point, I, I was aware that if I was to continue, I'd, I'd probably be able to start earning uh, decent money and, and progress my, my career. But I, you know, I had this doubt that as to whether that was the, the path I wanted to go down. And I could see me getting on the, the housing ladder and becoming more, um, I don't know, fixed within, within that career path. And so I decided that I, I wanted to take some time out and uh, reassess what I wanted to do next. Um, and so I resigned from my job and then and then was looking for voluntary work over in Southeast Asia. Um, I'd, I'd spent some time in, in Cambodia during my travel, travels when I was 18, but, but, but less than places like Thailand and Malaysia. When you said that to your colleagues and your friends, did they look at you like you were crazy? What, 
what was the initial reaction from everyone around you? Supportive, largely, and including my colleagues. Um, I was very lucky to work with a, a really strong, hardworking team. Uh, my my manager, and who's the senior director within um, Deutsche Bank at the time, you know, was was incredibly supportive, um, and I, I learned a lot from him. And he understood my motivations for for wanting to embark on a, on a next chapter, and you know, have remained in touch with with other team members on that team. Um, so I think, yeah, my my family and friends, they 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 knew me well and uh, and and knew that that I also had aspirations to to go and explore the world and and had always, I guess for me. Um, it was always a pipe dream to to run my own hospitality business, but at that point it was only just a pipe dream. And I guess after having you know worked um, full time and then and then studied extensively in the evenings, they they could see that perhaps I wasn't the most fulfilled in my in my job at that time. Um, so I I think it it made sense to them, and and you know they were wholly supportive and encouraged me when I, you know, when I told them that I was going to take some time out. At the time, that was meant to be three months. So I arrived in, in Cambodia and I remember stepping off the plane and immediately, you know, when the, the heat hits you, but it was a more uh, visceral feeling that I, I, I just felt the weight off my shoulders lift. And, you know, I just, I felt happy and, and content not knowing what was coming next. Um, and then over the next yeah, three months, turned into a year, I, I really, I was based in Phnom Penh and met some really good friends. Um, I enjoyed having, you know, a bit more of a relaxed lifestyle. I was, I was covering my financial needs through, um, through, through doing some part-time supply teaching at one of the international schools. And then uh, I kind of, Dabbled a little bit in in, um, in in different different business ideas. One was a um, an expat information forum, which is set up with a, um, a New Zealand expat. But but yeah, these were just kind of short term projects. Um, after about a year, I was starting to think, okay, well, what I need to make more concrete plans now about what I'm going to do next in terms of my career and. And make sure that I was, you know, that that uh, that I that I was continuing to learn. And um, at this point, I, I I was thinking about the prospect of of either going back into the financial industry in Southeast Asia or rejoining my uh, my team back uh, my old team back in the UK, who were establishing a a, a boutique, a more boutique um, wealth manager uh, office in back in Liverpool. Um, and at that point in time, that's when I met um, my my three business partners and co-founders of Mad Monkey, who are all fellow Brits, um, all from very uh, different backgrounds of experience and and personalities, but all travelling through Cambodia with the same motivation. Uh, you know, they they left their respective. Uh, Businesses, most of them actually. Um, Steve, the, the founder of Mad Monkey, who first found a property in in Phnom Penh and came up with the name for Mad Monkey, um, was was winding down his media and marketing company in 
in the Middle East, in uh, Dubai. Um, and Alex and Ollie had both, uh, were both in the process of selling their plumbing and gas businesses back in, in the south of England. Um, and all of us were, were, were looking for a more fulfilling, um, enriching um, next step in our lives, um, which could hopefully have a, a positive impact on, you know, on, on ourselves, but also the people that we, that we, that we work with. Um, and so I guess Mad Monkey started there with um, some incredible luck for myself that I met um, Alex and Steve at the time and, and really uh, Steve, was, Steve was looking for uh, some investors and business partners to, to run this small guest house in uh, BKK1 in Phnom Penh. Um, he got talking to Alex and, and then and then Alex, who I'd met uh, on an island off the south of Cambodia, just for you know less than 24 hours, really, uh, he, he suggested, why don't you come along and, and uh, have a chat with Steve about the opportunity also. And really after about only 48 hours um, of knowing each other and, and having in-depth conversation, we'd all decided to, to, to invest all of our life, well, very modest life savings and and jump in to this to this um, and 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 hope and establish this business together. What and was that? Yeah, what was that like at the time? Like, um, this, so this was I think twenty eleven, right, or twenty twelve. This was um, so I arrived in Cambodia in twenty ten. Okay. And then this was this was the beginning of twenty eleven. Okay, and and what um, what was that like in in Cambodia in twenty eleven? you know, founding a business to, you know, to today, maybe just paint a picture a little bit of what, you know, how, like, how that looked like for, for yourself and the people around you, like making that plunge and taking that risk um, as in, in compared um, to today. Yeah. I mean, I think from the outside looking in it, it, it did look like a big risk, but to us personally, it made complete sense. I think we all know, we all knew what we didn't want to do. And I think we were, we're, we're all very um, ambitious, but energetic and positive minded. And at that time in the hospitality space and, you know, guest house or hostel, like budget accommodation space, there wasn't really anything in the way of established brands. And so it was incredibly fragmented and, um, and some great, great venues. But yeah, there wasn't any established brands, and and from the outset, we wanted to uh, create a a place which which was which could deliver a really positive social experience and have a positive impact on on not just the guests that were staying there, but but our employee team and you know the local stakeholders, the local community, tuk tuk drivers around us. Um, and luckily enough, although we'd, we'd never run our own um, hotel, hostel, guest houses before, we were all kind of learning day to day. And we were having, we, we were, it was a very steep learning curve, both us and, and the team that, we, that, that, that joined us when we first opened. Um, luckily enough, I think with, with passion and, and 
the you know the the right approach in in acknowledging our mistakes of which there were very many and um, to our guests but but doing everything we could to 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 make good on them and, and turn you know some negative experiences into overridely uh, positive experiences we 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 quickly gained momentum um, and you know we we attracted both expats locals to our restaurant and bar and and also uh, backpackers who were who were passing through and 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 you know that word of mouth marketing and online marketing really had a positive impact on us and and helped helped us get wind in our sails um, and then you know it wasn't long before Ollie our other business partner um, headed up our expansion into 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 Sea and Reef um, which was a you know that was the, the you know the, the first big step for us is going from one property to two properties. Um, and, and we experienced the same up there. Um, you know, we even at that time, um, we, we, we weren't sure whether to call it Mad Monkey or not, and um, whether we, you know, calling the, a, another hostel under the same name was too much. And I think we're all glad that we did do that. Um, and yeah, it, Steve was a, was, a, was a main proponent of, of doing that. And uh, yeah, we're, we're all glad that we did. And, um, and yeah, that soon became quite a successful uh, hostel in, in CM Reap. And then we opened another in Campot. Um, and then a fourth in, uh, on Kurum Samlom. Um, at a time when there was very little in the way of accommodation on, on Kurum Samlom. Um, and that was, you know, we were, were taking a bit of a bold step there in, in, in not knowing whether, whether, our, whether customers would, would travel to the less visited Kurum Samlom. Um, at the time, it was most of the backpacking tourism was traveling to to Kaurong. Um, but they did. And, and I think, you know, that, that in some ways added to the experience um, for our guests there because they, they had this in, intense shared experience on, on this little bay within a bay on, you know, a beautiful exotic island and, and, and got to know each other and our and our uh, local team on the island, and yeah, hopefully made memories for life, and and then and then went on their way, and and provided endorsement to to other back, backpackers that that pass along the way, and then um, after opening Karasamlam, then um, Ollie went over and headed up our expansion into the Philippines, which was then the next the next big step, and. Um, and we just went from there really um, a year later or you know, two years later um, Alex opened our first hostel in Bangkok and we managed to go from you know uh, to opening I think in in October 2017 and, and within two weeks we were we were full of that property um, which was which was great and it, and it really gave us the, the confidence that actually you know, we we can go and expand into these new uh, new markets, even if they're very competitive and there's a lot of um, uh, competition in terms of accommodation providers in a place like Bangkok. Um, our brand at that point was was um, effective enough to to attract people to come and stay with us. Um, and yeah, sorry, I'll uh, I'll stop I'll I'll stop rambling on now.
Okay, yeah, no, great. And it would be great if you could just also um, touch on a few of those early challenges, like for, for some of the entrepreneurs that are listening in, like, you know, it all sounds like a very, um, like quite a successful journey that you had, right? Like you're launching at the same time, um, the market really starting to pick up the brand, but like, what were some of the uh, roadblocks and like issues that you encountered when growing that business in Cambodia? And then we'll also uh, touch on the regional expansion as well. Um, so I guess first early challenges are, are establishing a, a trusted network of people that you can turn to for advice and, um, you know, simple things like, you know, how do you set up a business and um, how do you get this license? Um, if there's a disagreement with uh, a landlord, how do you, how do you go about it? Um, and again, we we were lucky that in in our network we had we had established some some strong friendships um, with people that we could rely upon for advice. And I'd say that's an important a an, an important challenge to overcome, so that you're not constantly scrambling in the dark for answer, answers, and and that you can have confidence and conviction in your in your course of action, um, and. Yeah, another challenge for us was was capital. You know, we 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 set up the business with a very modest amount of capital, so that meant we were we were furnishing the business with things like secondhand aircon units, which um, ultimately uh, proved to be a mistake. They didn't last very long and weren't very effective. But uh, but uh, another thing was uh, language barrier because we're relatively new to Cambodia. And um, we, a, a lot of our team members didn't speak English, um, you know, so we had to establish a, a um, understanding with our team um, and, uh, and an effective way of, of leading them and also learning from them and understanding the challenges they were facing. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that we, we had to overcome those challenges because I think it it made us stronger as a business and I, I think it made the 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 partnerships that were formed with with our team members stronger because you know um we we really did establish a, a strong understanding and trust despite the the language barrier and then you know within a year or two their their English English speaking skills were you know just really shot up um to the extent that our it, it had a negative impact on our on our uh, Cambodian speaking skills because yeah they were su surpassing us and and it was always better to speak in the common language that the that most of our guests could understand um but yeah I think just establishing that network of of, of trusted people whether you're they're your employees they're your friends um uh or advisors or, or mentors locally so to run it back you know it's important to establish that trusted connection with with advisors as well as with with your employees to build trust um, capital is definitely a, a big aspect of that especially in the early stages in terms of how you're bootstrapping the business as well and then just ultimately building the team too so those are those are three very 
important aspects and um, learning experience is that, you know, when, when building a startup, it's something that you have to kind of experience for yourself and go through and ultimately makes you a better operator in the long run, especially when you uh, expand into different regional um, countries or countries in the region. And so thinking about the playbook that grew and developed within Cambodia, did you follow something similar when expanding into the Philippines or what was it like going into that market? Was it significantly different in any way? Yeah, I mean, the, every every country that has got its own cultural nuances and unique challenges, but also opportunities. Um, I think naturally, you we we did take on that approach. Okay, well, how our business ultimately is is built upon um, long term sustainable um, partnerships, um, both with each other as, as business partners, with, with our employees, um, and importantly with, our, with, with all the other stakeholders in our, in our business. And, 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 you know, that has always been the approach that, that, that we have um, employed in, in all the countries that we've, that we've expanded to. Um, but obviously, you know, firstly, you need to get to know people and you need to get to know um, how to to form those those um, trusted or trusting uh, partnerships, and you know how to get past like that initial um, initial um, kind of uh, initial phase of a, of, a, of an understanding where whereby you know people don't understand whether whether you're you're trying to to achieve a gain at their expense and that has never been our approach we 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 believe strongly that that the best partnerships are are win-win partnerships and and they will enable you to 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 ride through um external shocks and changes which are which are inevitable when you're operating in emerging markets um, and all over the world really um, and so we've always looked, okay, so what are this person's motivations? Do they align with ours? Do they align over the long term? If yes, then and um, do we do we like working with them? Do they have a sense of humor, which is important to us as well? Um, we don't like to take ourselves too seriously. We you know obviously we 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 take our commitments um, very seriously, but but we like to have a laugh and, and enjoy ourselves along the way. And, and, and that helps get through the difficult times and also enjoy the good times. Yeah. And establishing that culture as well within Mad Monkey is, is seems to be a very, um, a very much a strong point in the business. When you set out to, when you set out to start Mad Monkey and as it grew and developed, did you have a certain culture in mind of what you wanted Mad Monkey to um, emulate, or was it, or was it something that kind of changed over time? Um, we, I guess, we 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 were all fully committed to to making it a positive culture, 
and ensuring that it has a positive impact as best we could on, on all of our employees, first and foremost, um, and then the, the broader stakeholders. Um, and if, if that was at risk, then, then that was a path that we would choose not to go down, even if that might lead to, to you know, short-term gain in, in, in higher profitability or revenues, for example. Um, so positive impact was always really important to us. We, we, you know, we all left our old careers, jobs, businesses, uh, because we didn't quite have that sense of fulfillment that we were looking for. And the, the fulfillment, um, you know, a big part of that was having a, a positive impact. So, you know, from the outset, we had it, we, we, you know, actively sought to, to employ and provide opportunities to people that had more limited access to to um, to jobs where they they could learn skills which would which would help them um, through their you know through through the rest of their lives and and also we wanted to we wanted to go on that learn well we needed to go on that learning experience we none of us were were hospitality experts and. And we wanted to go on that journey with people that um, that were all motivated to learn together. And I think you know our 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 kind of leadership style has never been hierarchical. We've always been quite flat organisational structure, um, which is heavily dependent upon uh, collaboration um, across cross functional teams. Um, and again, that that's the to do that effectively, you need to have really strong communication lines and rapport and understanding and respect of uh, each people's individual domains of expertise and accountabilities. But, but yeah, it's communication is so important in that regard. Just as a, a quick question around differentiation, um, specifically against other types of accommodations or, or hostels or um, you know, other hotels, how is it that Mad Monkey is able to differentiate themselves and, you know, attract travelers um, comparatively to other competitors? Um, okay, so for us, it's, it's about having a, a, a baseline of, of, of standards in terms of safety, security, service delivery, um, ensuring that everybody feels safe, happy, um, cared for, and, and thereafter, um, we're not going to be the, the glitziest um, property or accommodation provider. We don't have gold faucets in the bathrooms. We don't have, you know, the latest um, flat screen TVs in our rooms. For us, our differentiator is, is those shared experiences. Um, whether they're in our bar, restaurant, or on our tours, or you know, just meeting over breakfast and discussing what are the plans, what what are the respective guest plans for the day? Oh, do they want to share talk to to go to the, the killing fields, for example, or um, you know, where are they travelling to next? Um, yeah, it's all about the shared experience for us, and 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 communicating what we're about 
to our customers so that we attract people with with that positive um, outlook and and you know are looking to to really enjoy enriching experiences and hopefully learn about the culture of the of the countries they're staying in from from our employees from from our partner from our total partners um and and just do it in a really open-minded positive way yeah creating that entire shared experience uh flywheel between once the once the guest walks in through the door how they're um you know how they're greeted the the rooms the entire community um arrangement setting as well as with tuk-tuk drivers and other events it's what mad monkey has created is a very uh unique value proposition to those travelers that are looking for shared experiences and um you know it's a very comfortable setting come to think of it you know you you know that whenever you're walking in you have everything that's available to you for what you want and then it's 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 a seamless experience too which is something that's really great for the traveler yeah yeah and i think also i think that their their active participation in it and i don't mean that in a kind of you know uh let's all let's all party kind of man's mindset it's about okay and um, you know, I, I want to reach out and enjoy these shared experiences together. And I, and I want to engage in conversation with, with the person that's checking me in or the person that's, that's, that's serving my drink or the, or the driver that's taking me to this, to this location. And I want to learn from them. Um, and it's just about being open-minded, you know, whether you're outgoing or, or a bit more introverted, we want to, we want to create that inclusive atmosphere, which is which is welcoming to to everyone, as long as they've you know they're coming from a, um, you know they've got positive motiv motivations essentially. Yeah, and it's true too. Come to think of it, as well from, uh, you know, many many travelers, you know, it may be a little bit nerve wracking to visit a place for the first time, and maybe kind of having the open mind of going out and and going into a place where there's, you know, people and connecting and creating that environment of inclusivity is very, is, uh, is a very um, positive experience for anyone that's in that. Personally, I know when I first backpacked, um, I, you know, just going up to random people and talking to them may be a bit difficult at the first time, just because, you know, it might be the first time that you're doing something like that and in, in traveling to a, a different um, region of the world. And, uh, but knowing that you can go into a setting uh, like Mad Monkey as well and being able to have that inclusive environment makes the whole experience so much more positive and easy. And um, as a traveler, kind of gives you that confidence as well uh, for, for the rest of your trip too, in order to like continue to have that more open mind. But that was just a personal experience for me. And just to... to kind of transition a little bit and more look more on the business side of of raising capital can you talk to us about what that was like throughout the i guess maybe throughout the early years and and maybe a little bit later in terms of what were some of the challenges um you know after bootstrapping it and looking to uh, expand within the region um, speaking with investors or other individuals that were interested uh and in, in helping grow the business so um, in the early years, we, we grew the business um, 
with with a combination of mostly um, capital that was organically generated from from our business operations um, at Mad Monkey, and then and then also when we were making uh, significant steps to expand, say into places like the Philippines um, or or new new locations, and um, we we uh, put together prospectuses for our for our kind of friends, expanded friend network and who were engaged with our journey and, and, and you know, we wanted to create hopefully a, a, a really positive returning investment for them and put that into presentation and, and, and luckily enough, you know, uh, quite a few of our friend network um, in places back home like the UK, Australia, um, were engaged enough and, and trusted enough to to place you know um, a modest amount of scheme things, but you know a significant amount for them individually, uh, especially at that time, in in a a, a, a small but growing company in in uh, a kind of volatile emerging markets, and and you know we're incredibly lucky to that they placed that trust in us. Um, as we've grown and, and you know, at, at our, you know, we've matured as a business, but and expanded and I guess become a bit more investable for, for um, larger investors. Um, we were, you know, leading up to 2019, we were, we were increasingly conscious that the capital was becoming a constraint for us in terms of being able to, um, take on the opportunities for growth that we saw within the market and uh, we could continue growing but but we felt like we could grow a lot faster if we if we raise capital and you know towards the end of 2019 we uh, we had had we'd, we'd reached out and, and had a couple of meetings and got to know a uh, a company called exs um, they're kind of uh, private equity, but very focused on 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 uh, innovative uh, real estate uh, projects. Uh, at that time, based in in Hong Kong, and we we met their their founder Eric Solberg, and 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 that has turned out to be very fortuitous timing for us. We it was you know uh, from the outset, Eric and the team were you know incredibly engaged with the, our market space, and and they and they. They got our our business model and our approach, and they seemed to be excited about it. And and you know, and we we thought they had all the requisite skill set and ability um, to to really empower our business model. And then obviously, early 2020, um, the pandemic hit. We went from high 90s occupancy, and then within a space of weeks, we we pretty much closed all of our all of our hostels, um, you know, within 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 a matter of weeks, and 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 but thankfully, our financing partners, um, sh you know, shared share a strong conviction that that it wasn't a matter of if the the budget travel experience, their travel market would recover in Southeast Asia. It was a matter of when. And you know they they placed you know a really high amount of trust in us in in, in placing their own capital and 
and then and then helping us to structure a, a means for investment for for higher higher net worth um, individuals within the region um, to raise division capital for us for, first and foremost to to survive the pandemic and then and then really uh, keep our core team on board and, and and to and to really strengthen our, our framework and um, different aspects of the business to position it to for for, for a strong recovery hopefully and then and then and then significant growth thereafter um, yeah I think again it all comes down to the the getting the right alignment um, long-term alignment and and common understanding um, and high level of transparency and and you know we, we've been very lucky to to meet all of our partners along along the way and you know our, our most recent significant partners have been our financial partners EXS and um, and that's been a great learning experience as well for us as a business you know having uh, a slightly um, you know a, a a input into the business which is which is not working directly within it um, is is provided you know another level of framework. And, and helped us to 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 make you know rationalize our decision making our planning and and also brought in a hell of a lot of ip in terms of positioning the business to to create uh, create and re realize value in 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 the future okay and uh just trying to get up to the present day like what what is it like uh today um how has the um budget travel market rebounded and how did that kind of um match your expectations um for, for the region and your kind of plans for things to come back to where they were you know pre-pandemic yeah i mean we we were always optimistic that that the uh, budget extended extended um duration travelers would would be at the forefront of the return of, of tourism international tourism to the to the region um, and I think that is that is uh, important true at present um, a big you know big impact on that actually coming into fruition was the removal of the you know the largest kind of restrictions in terms of quarantine um, and you know return to tourism visas on, on arrival in, in many of the many of the countries that we operate um, and then also the the fact that you know now that in most most countries in Southeast Asia you can you can enter and and, and with, with relatively light restrictions that, that makes a trip over to South or an extended trip or um, over to Southeast Asia even more compelling um, and yeah so far, um, we are um, experiencing a, a relatively strong um, growth month on month. Um, How does and, the um, you know, occupancy compare across across the countries that you um, that you operate in? That'd be a really interesting, um, you know, like fact for some of our listeners just thinking about like how the you know how the region has um, has rebounded, and if there are any places that have really seen a a strong level of occupancy now versus some places that have underperformed? 
Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say Cambodia has, 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 you know, benefited massively um, from the way that the the, the whole cut quite, uh, the vaccine rollout and the reopening of the economy um, and international borders has been managed by the government. So, you know, that enabled Cambodia to be at the forefront of uh, of of welcoming back returning uh, tourism. Um, so, yeah, we, we've we've got the most properties reactivated in in, in Cambodia so far, and, and you know, operating uh, above fifty percent or fifty percent and above um, occupancy levels. Still not at pre-COVID levels, but we do think that we'll be back there, um, you know, uh, by next high season, so you know, December, January, February time. We're we're you know, cautiously optimistic that that uh, demand levels for our business at least will be will be at pre will be at pre-COVID levels. Um, places like the 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 Philippines are, are, are gaining momentum. Indonesia, uh, we're seeing really high um, return to to places like established uh, tourist places like um, Bali in Indonesia. Uh, Thailand, um, yeah, we we think that Thailand's going to have a, a really a really strong recovery as well. Um, but then you know, all at slightly different stages because the, you know, one country to another has has um, reopened their borders and, and reduced restrictions. But you know, the, we, you're talking a, a kind of a, a two to three months at, at most difference, and I think you know. Come next high season, they'll all be there or thereabouts. Okay, great. And uh, is there any like you know things to um, like things for the future that you're looking to plan out um, that you're excited about that you want that you want to share with um, with the listeners? Any any like further um, like plans for new expansion or like different like different kind of businesses and approaches that you're looking at? Um, anything you want to share? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, so we've 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 got ambitious plans to expand over to to places like Vietnam, Sri Lanka, uh, Malaysia, um, which for us we're excited because you know it it just adds more diverse experience for our guests. Um, it enables us to 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 continue that that learning continue along that learning curve. Um, and understand, you know, different ways of of, of providing our experience platform um, from the different markets and everything that they they, they offer. Um, we're also uh, in, investing in our technology um, platform, so that we're we're going to be launching a, a mobile app, um, which can hopefully hopefully provide uh, more seamless interactions uh, with with us from a customer perspective that customers you know can easily at the top of a couple of buttons um book their next accommodation or their onward travel or extend their stay or see what tour activities or uh, are going on at, at location x y or z on that on that day um so we're really excited to make developments in that regard um, and then us really in, in, as a kind of organization we incredibly 
excited to be welcoming in um, uh, really strong new talent from um, different uh, business sectors and backgrounds, um, which you know hopefully can can lead improvements both uh, within our internal business structure, but then also uh, what that means in terms of experience um, for our guests and our employees um, and our, our broader stakeholders. Well, well, I'll tell you that the exciting sound or the future sounds very exciting for Mad Monkey and really looking forward to the expansion and rollout of your application in the coming years. Um, as we transition into the last section of our interview, talking about a little bit about your habits and some of, of your advice, um, I wanted to ask you a quick curveball question, and that would be if you could go back to any point in history or time or even in current day and, uh, and have a, a lunch or a dinner or a beer with them, who would it be and why? Right, so, so anybody that I've, I've met along the way. Or it would be anybody that anybody in history. So even if it's somebody that you haven't met, anybody in history, anyone in history. Um, I don't know. The person that just 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 shot to my mind just then was uh, Anthony Bourdain. I think it'd be great to to share some some beers and food with him, and yeah, hope and explore somewhere somewhere new. It'd be um, incredible. I'd, yeah, really. Appreciated his, his mindset and approach to travel and open-mindedness. That is a fantastic answer. I think Max and I can both agree with that one too. Um, I mean, he, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and what do you think are some, maybe what do, what do you think uh, people misunderstand about you the most? Maybe, uh, you know, so what, what would be something that, you may find normal or do normal or think and, and that's normal in your way, but maybe other people might, might not understand. That's a difficult question. I think you'd have to close, uh, ask my close friends to get the, the, the answer to that one. But uh, I guess I, 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 over, over time, I've, I've tried to, to worry less uh, about what people think and, and, and try and be, yeah, just authentic uh, and, and true to 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 what I believe in. But I, yeah, I, that's something I have learned over the over time. I, I can tend to overthink things. So, so um, yeah, I, I I try to to um, to not do that. Got it. And in the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? I mean, especially as as a founder and and uh, CEO as well. Um, what are some new realizations or approaches that have helped? Um, I think general terms, negativity. I think we all all feel negative about some things sometimes, but um, that can be unhelpful if if you personally engage and create an echo chamber of of negativity. It doesn't help the person that that or the people that you're engaging with on that front. And I guess the kind of more constructive point is, is to really, really focus on the things that which are in within your sphere of influence and impact. Um, and it's important to acknowledge those things, those ex external things that, that, that aren't, 
but but not to not to obsess upon them because it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, and you know you can you can worry away about the 101 things that could go awfully wrong. Um, but actually, much much better, much healthier, just to focus on the things that are uh, within your sphere of influence. Um, quite often, though, can be those can be small things, but also can be impactful things, and just keep chipping away every day. Yeah, taking things in stride and only you know controlling what it is that you can control, and just staying positive. That's a really important aspect that you almost have to teach yourself over time and continuing to, to develop with. So really like that answer as well. Um, what would you say is the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you? I, I mean, I've been incredibly blessed to have, you know, a, an amazing family, um, wife, friends, um, business partners who are, who I you know who are amongst my closest friends themselves and yeah I think their actions every day have a positive positive impact on on my life so I, yeah I, I really couldn't kind of reinvent one one action like yeah I just I've been very lucky uh, with the people around me in my life and and all of their actions big and small and of of given me the life that I've had so far. And yeah, for that, I'm eternally thankful. And our traditional closing question that we like to ask each of our guests is, what is the most important piece of advice that you've ever been given? Um yeah, again, I think I think focus on the on the on the things that within that are within your sphere of influence. And if there's something that's causing you anxiety, go towards it. Just make one step towards addressing it. Even if it's just writing it down on a list and, and that, you know, which is like a, a trigger in your mind that you're going to do something about that. And um, it can make you feel instantly better. And it's, yeah, it's just so much more constructive to, to, um, to step forward into, into a challenge as opposed to try and run away from it. Absolutely love that answer too. Uh, just lean into it more than anything, and you know, you'll you'll grow and develop as a as a stronger person moving forward. Well, Tom, just want to say thank you so much for coming on to Rising Giants with us today to discuss not only your life but also the history of Mad Monkey, all the um, all the great things that you're doing for the communities that you're currently in, as well as the exciting future that. Um, Mad Monkey has ahead of themselves. So thank you again and really appreciate your time. Thank you both very much. It's been a pleasure.